Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There is a story for everyone here, because every story matters. Welcome everyone to the Storybooks. This is the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, and if you want to grow abundantly. My name is Jay Phantom, and I believe it's my purpose to help you realize your worth and become the greatest and best version of you possible. I am grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the Storybooks together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. What if today was better than ever? What if tomorrow was better than ever? What if just life itself was better than ever before? What if you could get your happy back, stress less, and enjoy every single day? Sometimes we get stuck in life doing the same thing day in and day out. It might feel mundane. We become unmotivated and unfulfilled, longing for a change. Well, my guest today is another, none other than the amazing April Osteen Simons. Now, for those of you that don't know who she is, many of you would know who Joel Osteen is, which is her brother. But April Osteen is a motivational speaker. She's an author and hope coach who delivers her inspirational, funny, faith-focused messages to audiences around the world. April hosts a weekly podcast called Better and a YouTube series called House of Hope, which I love. She's also a regular guest on the Daystar television network show, Joni Table Talk. April has five children, two grandchildren, and three fur babies, believe it or not. She has a brand new book out, which is called, you guessed it, Better Than Ever. Get your happy back, stress less, and enjoy every day. And it's a really a great book that talks about how you can really change your life and in fact change every single day to make the most out of it. So the question really is, what will you do today that will help uplift your life and make it so much more better for not only today, but tomorrow and moving into the future? I can't recommend this book highly enough and I hope that you guys go and get a copy. I'll link where you can get it in the show notes below for you. But this was really a fun conversation that April and I participated in. I really, really enjoyed speaking with April. But if you do get something from this, please share it around to all your friends and your family. Let everyone know about this one. Also, before you go, don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review 
over and Apple Podcasts. Well, I am releasing three amazing stories every single week for you guys to enjoy and hopefully you learn something new that increases your ability to be a better person in the world and be a better leader. That is my aim. And hopefully it also helps you realize your worth and help you to reach your greatest and fullest potential as well. This episode is brought to you by the amazing Mary Ruth uh, of Mary Ruth Organics. I personally use her digestive enzymes along with her vitamin C gummies, but there is a vast array of other products on the Mary Ruth Organics website. And if you want 15% off any of the products at the checkout, use the code J15, that is J15, at the checkout for 15% off all of Mary Ruth Organic products when you go to maryruthorganics.com. I'll link everything in the show notes below for you. All right, my friends, you know what time it is. It is time to journey with me into this story box as we learn what it takes to become better than ever as we listen to the incredible wisdom, the advice, and the stories of none other than April Osteen Simons. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Honored to be here. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute honor and, and my pleasure to have you on the story box. Uh, you know, ever since I discovered your work and, and all the incredible things you are doing in the world, I wanted to reach out to you and thank you so much for saying yes. So I, I'm very, very excited to uh, unbox your story today. But before we dive further into all the amazing things you are doing in this world and providing people with the powerful message of hope. Uh, the very first question I have for you is a question that I love asking all my guests at the very start, which is what does success look like for you? Success to me looks like a happy, healthy family with friends around and uh, just having hope for everyday living. Mm. That's to, that's to me. I can I can take the world, but I'll take my family and just everybody being healthy and strong. That's success. How come? Why is that the case for you? You know, I grew up in a really great family, far from perfect family, and I realized the importance of relationships. You know, it's just when my dad took his last breath, seventy-seven years old. You know, that's what it's all about. You know, I didn't have any regrets, and I I said everything I wanted to say, and he was a great dad, and. Um, you said I was Joel's sister. I'm the favorite of the Osteen kids. I just wanted you to know that. <laughs> That's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I missed that part. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I forgot to tell you that. But, um, you know, that's just that's just important to me. It's I have all these kids, all, grandkids, and I just, I realize that's what life is about. And I that's just what I treasure. Mm. What was the, the most important lesson that your father taught you growing up? Do you remember that? I think... Through his example, you know, they pastored a church forever. And through their example, my mom and dad's, but especially my dad's example, he taught me about God. He didn't force God down my throat. He didn't make me go to church. He didn't, you know, it, it was just natural by his actions. You know, Jay, he was the same person on the platform as he was at home. Mm -hmm. And had he not been that, I don't think I'd be who I am today. So he taught me about God by the way he lived. And that I'll cherish forever. So you you mentioned that your father, he he was a pastor of, of the mm -hmm. church that now I believe your brother pastors yes. too. Um, what was life like for you growing up and what did you want to be when you grew up? 
I was in church all the time, <laughs> Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night on the weekends. And you know what? We absolutely loved it. You know, you hear a lot of different stories from preachers, kids and to each his own. Everybody has their own story. That's what you do so well at. And I just I loved being a part of it. It was fun. I mean, Joel and I played together all the time. We just we just it was just a, a place where there was life. And, uh, you know, I saw my parents, I think a great example to me, I saw how they loved people from every walk of life. And uh, that just, I don't know, it made me want to do what I'm doing today. I like to say it like this. I come from a long line of hope dealers and I just carry on the family tradition because I'll listen back to some of my dad's uh, uh, sermons, I guess you would call them. And he was such an encourager. He was a hope giver, a hope dealer. So that's where I took on the name Hope Coach. You know, I'm just giving out hope every day. I love this message of of hope. And I want to get into that in just a moment because I, I believe that it is a very needful and powerful message to give out into the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I first want to ask you about, because you grew up in the church, you're a, a pastor's daughter. Uh, what was your own faith journey like? Was it something that, uh, yeah, what was it like for you? Well, it was... Um, it was, like I said before, it was a good life. You know, I, I loved God. I really did. I never, thank the Lord, I never took a turn for the worse. I never, you know, did drugs or anything like that, which I'm grateful for. Um, it just, I don't know, Jay, there was, a, there was just a something about the life that we lived. It, it drew me in. And it made me want to to be a part of it. And so it was a it was just a it was a good feeling. And I saw how giving Jesus to people, giving hope to people changed their lives. And as a kid sitting on the front row at church, that that mesmerized me. And I, I thought, man, God really does change lives. And I want to do this. That's what I want to do. I want to help change lives for the better. What what is it about Jesus that you've come to understand and realize today that mm-hmm. you sort of love the most? I think it's that he's just a prayer away and he's just a conversation away. You know, it's not all King's, King James Version. <laughs> I can just talk to him, you know, when I'm afraid. God help me. There's a scripture in the Bible and it says, Lord, we don't know what to do, but we look to you for help. And I thought, well, that's that's a great, whenever you don't know what to do, you don't have to have some elaborate prayer. You can just say, hey, God, I need you. And that's what I love about God, that he's He's not a bad God. He's not in heaven waiting to hit me over the head when I mess up. No, he's, he's helping me. He's right by my side and he's cheering me on, corrects me when I get off track. And um, he's just he's just a loving father. And I love that. I think because I had such a loving father, I just, I'm way attracted to Jesus Jesus because he's been so faithful in my life. I grew up in a, a conservative Christian household myself. And I know like for many years, I did think that if I did mess up, if I did sin, then mm-hmm. God was going to chastise me. I mean, there are consequences, yeah. I believe, good and bad when it right. comes to, to sin. And that's just <laughs> the nature of it. But God's not there with like his hammer and every yeah. time we mess up, he's just going <laughs> to hit us and just make it 10 times worse for us. Yeah. He's, he's loving. And right. when he says that he is love, then he mm. really means it. Like he's there yeah. with open arms every time we mess up because it, we're human. Like that's yeah. just the nature 
of living this this life. Yeah, <laughs> um, right. And, and sometimes exactly. when, we, when we do step, stuff up and then later we look back on it and we can kind of laugh and we yeah. <laughs> to ourselves, exactly. like, why did I do that? Right. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> sort of, and, yeah. he, and he never gives up on us, you know. I mean, he's, I like to say he's a million second chance giver because he really is. I mean, he doesn't pick people the way people pick people. He uses all of us who are greatly flawed and greatly imperfect. And I mean, that's a good God. Mm, absolutely. It really is. Um, or he really is. Sorry. Mm-hmm. When, in, when in your life, April, when you least expected God to show up in a big way that he did and it challenged your perspective of who God is. Well, you know, when uh, I was in church all my life there, I went away to college in Tulsa and came back and was a youth pastor at Lakewood in Houston. And anyway, we were there, served my little family, served my dad and mom for 10 years together as a family. And when daddy went to heaven, passed away, we decided to start our own church here in the Dallas area. And uh, I have to tell you, it was scary. You know, I'd been in church. I'd been in an established church. (laughs) It was easy doing that. But, you know, I knew we were supposed to come here and start this church, but I didn't know how to start a church. I didn't know where to start a church. How do you get the money to start a church? You know, that's big. And of all things, where do people come from? How do you get people? And this is before social media and all that stuff. So I remember I had four of my kids in the car and I was driving our Suburban to Dallas. It's about a four hour drive. And I was so filled with fear and I'd seen God be faithful my whole life, but this was a different thing. I was believing everything, my family and everything. And, um, and I remember the whole way just saying, God, how do we do this? And, you know, just full of fear. And I remember the place on highway 20 here in Dallas that I just said, God, I don't get it. I don't know how it's going to happen, but right here, I'm giving it to you. And I can take you to that place. If you ever come to Dallas, I'll take you to that place <laughs> where I just surrendered it to God and said, I, I am scared and uh, I need you to help me with this. And, you know, I did that that day. I did it the next day, sometimes many times a day because that fear would come on me. But this is the amazing part. God showed up here in Dallas, Texas. And we started a church and we grew very quickly, not by anything we did, but you know, there's a scripture in Psalms that says his faithfulness endures from generation to generation. And I believe we wrote on that faithfulness of what my parents had established. And man, he just proved himself so faithful. Not that it was challenging, not that I wasn't scared, not that I didn't, you know, have my moments, but through it all, man, he came through and he came through in a big way. And for that, I'm forever grateful. What did that whole experience teach you about hope? Oh, it taught me that there, on the other side of fear, not only is there God, but on the other side of fear, there could be your destiny. On the other side of fear, there's that hope. You got you to gotta look past the fear and you got to grab onto hope, which hope is nothing without God to me, hope and faith in God. And so it just showed me, you know, there's always something that's going to stare you in the face and it, it's going to be something that could keep you from your destiny. And if you can just through eyes of hope and faith, look beyond it and say, God, I know there's something on the other side. God will always show up and he'll always be faithful. So that's what I learned about that. Why do we need hope in the first place? Or why is hope there? <laughs> hope is there. I, I don't just say it like this. Hope has a name and it's Jesus. And I don't know how people make it without hope. We need hope. You know, I travel and minister for a living. And, and I mean, you wouldn't believe 
just, and I know it's everywhere, but my heart goes out to people who are on the verge of a nervous breakdown or suicidal. Oftentimes I'll pray for people who are suicidal and I have everybody close their eyes and the hands that go up is shocking, Mm -hmm. but it's real. So what I've realized is hope is it's a necessity. We, we need hope, which hope is Jesus. And, uh, I hope your listeners um, know that there's hope. I know, I know how you are. I hope today, if anyone's listening and they don't feel that hope, that they'll just reach out and call on the name of Jesus because He's always there. Mm-hmm. What if someone is listening to this right now that feels like there is no hope anymore? And you did mention those those people that are suicidal. I've I've been there, and I felt like there mm-hmm. was no hope at all. But uh, what? How would you navigate someone through? Because we could we could be helping someone potentially yeah. right now that could be stuck, could be feeling mm-hmm. like there isn't any hope. So how will we navigate them through this this journey? Well, I would just say this: if you're here on this earth, you're here for a reason. God doesn't make mistakes. He's never made a mistake, and He's not about to begin with you. And just because you don't feel God moving doesn't mean He's not working. Just because you are discouraged doesn't mean that you're defeated. So I would encourage you to to just realize there is a God in heaven that's cheering you on. You may not feel like it. You may have never cried out to Him. Today's a great day to cry out to Him and just say, God, help me. God, I need your help. The scripture says that he's an ever-present help in time of need. Um, In the Living Bible, it says the very day that you pray, the tide of the battle turns. So how do you pray? You just say, God, I need your help. God, I'm at the end of my rope. God, I need you at this moment. And, um, you know, know this, that you're needed. You are not a burden. You're a blessing. You haven't come to the end you know, just because it might feel like the end doesn't mean it's the end. So I want to encourage you to keep going. Um, don't give up. If you feel those suicidal thoughts, reach out to someone, whether it's a counselor, whether it's a friend, tell someone what you're going through. So someone can stand with you and help you through the hard times. Because you know what, just because it's dark right now, doesn't mean that you're not going to see the light. And uh, I just believe you're going to see the light again. What if someone doesn't believe that God exists in the first place, how would we still be able to help that person? Well, I think that you you find someone, you know, this is a good podcast that you're listening to right now. Reach out, DM, or send them an email and say, I need help. And, um, you know, if we don't know, we don't know. And so if you reach out, I can guarantee you that you will reach out to them and show you a, a suicide hotline, get involved uh, go out and find somebody and just tell them you need help. I've, I've had people have that, do that, mm-hmm. feel like they had nothing and they just went outside and they, they found someone and said, help me. And never be too proud or too low to, to reach out to someone for help. And, you know, those that are experiencing anxiety, you know, and so much anxiety is going on right now. Um, you know, just because you don't know, know God or maybe you don't know God, that it doesn't mean that you still can't find help. So I would encourage you to to email or DM and and let's let's get you help because there is help out there. Just because it may seem like for you that you are in that hopeless situation doesn't mean that hope's not there or it doesn't exist. It's because you're blinded to it. Like you need to be able to clear those blindfolds and be able to see it. Uh, Because it's it's there, it's waiting for you to grab onto. And then 
I am comfortable and I'm happy for people if they are feeling stuck or if they are feeling like they have just no way out to reach mm-hmm. out. Like the very first step for people is taking that step in asking. Um, and don't wait till it's too late. Honestly, that is the worst thing that can happen. Uh, and I'm I'm grateful that sort of with my experience, God intervened <laughs> on my behalf yeah. with that, with my my thing, I'm grateful that he did because if he didn't, I probably wouldn't be here today. Wow. Um, that's that's the God honest truth. But yeah, this this whole message of right now, there doesn't seem to be much hope being put out there into the world. That you look at social media or the media right now, it's just it's crippling. It's yeah, it it's is making people feel so bad and and like the world is is horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the question that I have for you coming out of that is where is, how can we learn to see the hope through that? Well, sometimes we got to learn what not to do. (laughs) Sometimes we got to turn off social media. If that's causing you anxiety and causing you to, you know, lose your vision in life, you need to turn it off. You need to turn off. I'm doing a podcast about this right after we do this one. But you need to turn off things that are bringing you down. Turn off, uh, you know, sometimes, Jay, it's so funny. People are, are kind of depressed. Maybe they've just broken up in a relationship. And what is our natural thing to do? We're going to listen to every sad song there is, <laughs> every sad movie. We've got to change what we're doing. And so we need to turn on something happy. I'm real big about I set the tone in my home. And, you know, if, if mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. So I'm going to turn on some happy music. I'm going to turn on a happy show. You have to do what you can to bring peace, to bring joy, to bring comfort to your soul. You know, one of my family members called me and they were experiencing a, a, almost a panic attack. And, and I had to talk them through it. And this is the thing. It doesn't just happen to people who are like, you know, lost their job. They don't have any any value of life. You know, it happens to people everywhere. It happens to all of us. And so don't be condemned by what you might be feeling. But, um, you know, it's just check your situation, check your circumstances. Are you are you tired? Is that's what, what's bringing this on? They get some sleep, getting a good routine. Are you hungry? I know my kids, if they get hungry, they get hangry. <laughs> and so know what your body's saying, know your trigger points and, and do what you can to help the situation. And then, you know what, call out to God and he will do what you can't do. Mm. I mean, together you can be a great team. Mm. I get hangry as well. <laughs> so I know that. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's always fun when that happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I know that. But uh, you you speak a lot. You, I mean, you're a hope coach. You speak to a lot of people and you bring the hope uh, and the hope message, which I think is is a, definitely a powerful message. Is there a particular story that you've been able to learn throughout your life that you or you've heard from someone where that sort of like inspired you a little bit, like that brought hope, even more hope into your life? Is there one of those? Well, there's always a story of my mom. And my mom, I'll just tell you briefly, in 1981, she was diagnosed with metastatic cancer of the liver. She was always healthy, always strong, never seen her sick a day in my life. And the doctor looked at my dad and said, Pastor Osteen, your wife has metastatic cancer of the liver. She has a grapefruit-sized tumor. There's nothing we can do. It's too far gone. This is back in the 80s, you know. 
chemo, radiation, too far gone, it won't help her. And he said, your wife has a few weeks to live. And my dad looked back at the doctor and said, we believe in miracles. And the doctor looked back at daddy and said, well, you're going to need a miracle. And daddy, five foot seven, looked right back at the doctor and he said, we're going to get our miracle. When he brought mama home from the hospital, I was the only kid at home at the time. Um, she looked like death. I mean, she's normally five foot two, 100 pounds. She was 88 pounds, yellow with jaundice. Her eyes were yellow. I mean, she looked like she was 98 years old. But, you know, I watched them walk back to the bedroom very slowly because mama was so sick. And, and I watched them get on their faces, literally lay on their faces before God. And I began to hear my dad pray. And this is going to get me. I'm a crier. But he said, God, I need my wife. The kids need their mom. Lakewood needs Dodie. And, and he, he said something. He said, we believe in Jesus' name that today on December 11th, 1981, that she's healed. And he began to quote scriptures over. And then I watched my little mom get up so weak. And she put her Bible on the floor. And she physically stood on the Bible. And she said, God, the only thing between me and death is your word. And I'm choosing to stand on your word. And Jay, I was, I was a kid. I was in the background. I was the captive audience. They had no idea I was watching everything. And I, I remember it like it happened this morning. And then I saw her walk. She didn't have an instant healing. She, it was a process. Um, you know, she had to fight the good fight of faith. And, and so as a kid, I just saw how she fought it. I saw how she loved God in the good times and she loved him in the difficult times. And um, the next morning she got up and uh, she was cooking me breakfast. And I went in there. I said, mama, what are you doing awake? You need to be in bed. You're, you're sick. And she turned around to me talking about a defining moment here. And she said, April, I'm not going to lie in bed like a sick person. I'm going to act like a healed person. That goes up as one of the things that changed my life forever. And it showed me she became my hero. She showed me that, you know, some people can't get up and, and, and nothing against people who can't get up. But she showed me that she was going to fight this thing, cancer. And she fought it about a year later. She's now 88 years old, totally cancer free. I mean, she is something else. But I witnessed a miracle. And so you can't talk me out of a miracle. You can't tell me that God doesn't still heal or, or save a life. I have seen it. I have witnessed it with my eyes. So that is probably my biggest hope story right there. What a story. That gave me yeah. goosebumps. I know. She's something else. That is, that is something else. I mean, like right now, my dad is, he's got, He's got carcinoma, which is a cancer. His his father oh, yeah. passed away. Uh, I think he had that in his. Um, uh, I think it was pancreatic cancer, so carcinoma mm -hmm. in the pancreas. So he died um, before my older brother was born. A few days before, uh, then my dad's got the same cancer in his kidney. So he, mm -hmm. we just we just found out about that. I think it was. Mm -hmm. uh, before Christmas or after Christmas, one, one of the two. Um, wow. So it's kind of like we're in that period of trusting God that we yeah. know that he's going to take care of him. Mm -hmm. And there's been a lot of things happening right now that mm -hmm. sort of may prevent him from having surgery. And so yeah. we're asking God, we need like a big miracle. And the other day I was actually having a conversation 
with mum and mum is like, she's very much like Dodie, prayer mm-hmm. warrior, like faith yeah. boys, anything. Um, and she goes, we, we need, we need God to, to do a miracle. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, God is a God of miracles, isn't he? Yeah. And it's like that, that reminder that uh-huh. he is like when you least expect him to yeah. provide the miracle, he does. Yeah. You know, we're still praying for that miracle. We know it's mm-hmm. going to happen. We have yeah. the faith that it's going to happen. So yeah, we're just we're waiting on it. But mm-hmm. I like how you're standing on, on the word of God. Yeah. On his truth. I think that is resolute. That is sound. Mm-hmm. And that's going to help get you through even more, I think. So yeah, yeah that story would get me goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> it still gives me goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. How old were you when that all happened? I think I was like 12. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, so I saw it all. Very young. I witnessed it. Still very young. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, April, I didn't mention to you or I didn't mention to the audience that you do have this amazing book called Better Than Ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to touch on that for a moment, if that's okay with you. Yeah. I mean, writing a book is no easy process. <laughs> one, one bit, one iota. So why did you decide to write a book in the first place? Well, I've been wanting to write a book for a long time. And um, I just kept thinking, you know, I got got all these kids. I got some good stories. I got some good life lessons. And uh, I just felt like I should write the book. And so that's why I had to designate a time of the whole month of February in 2020 to write the book. And I did it and I enjoyed it. And I came up with the title a little bit later. I realized that every chapter kind of, was about life being better. And I thought, you know, even in the midst of it all, it's called better than ever, even in the midst of all the junk, all the bad diagnosis from doctors or whatever, we can rise above the situations. It's not denying the situations that are going on, but it's saying, you know what, I'm going to trust God. I believe I can still have a good life. I can still keep my happy, my peace, my joy and fight these battles and these battles not win over me. So that's why I wrote the book. And uh, it's just my heart's desire that people would feel hope that the, the tagline on the book is get your happy back, stress less and enjoy every day. So, you know, so often through life, we, we go through it, you know, dreading what's in the future or regretting what's in the past. And the scripture says that this is the day the Lord has made. So that means there's power in today, in this moment. And I just, I feel like we can get back to enjoying our, our moments of life instead of fearing and worrying over everything that's happening around us. That verse from Psalm is actually one of my favorite verses. And mm-hmm. I quote it in my book. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that is, that resonated with me quite a bit, actually. So thank mm-hmm. you so much for sharing that. I mean, I, I am still waiting on, on my copy to arrive, which I cannot <laughs> so wait great. to happen. Um, and because this is a message that uh, obviously I'm very passionate about. I'm passionate about helping people become mm-hmm. better within themselves and, and realize that their story really does matter in yeah. this world. But I'm curious about your most vulnerable moment, either writing this book or in your life. <laughs> Oh, okay. Which one? <laughs> well, I'll tell you this one. This one's a, um, I haven't talked about this very much. I've said it a few times, but, you know, I told you we started a church. We had a great church for 14 years. Loved it. Loved, loved, loved. I wanted to grow up and be a, a pastor. Pastors, you know, that's just what I love to do. 
And in 2014, we had a wonderful property, 107 acres, a former Johnson & Johnson facility where they manufactured gloves, prime location in Arlington, Texas. Anyway, long story short, the bank came in and took back our property, took back our note. So in one moment, we lost everything. We lost our church. We lost, I mean, just everything. And that was a moment where I could have really dwelled on. I could have camped out there. And I recognized, and 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 know when I say this, this is a process for me. I'm telling you the good part, but it was hard. It was hard, 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 hard. We had a school, we had so much going. And I could have let the thoughts, God, why is this happening? Overtake my life and just, you know, just be in a dark moment. But I recognize I had to kind of practice what I preach. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't live in that moment. I couldn't get stuck in that moment. I had to let go of the questions that I still to this day don't understand. I don't know why it happened. Um, it was a good thing. It brought joy to our hearts. But instead of getting stuck in that moment, I just had to say, God, and this was a by faith moment. And it sounds like I'm some great spiritual person, but no, it was a, it was saying, God, this door is closing. So I have to trust and believe that you're going to open up something new. And it was scary. It was hard. It was very sad. <laughs> but, you know, this is what I know. This is where God always shows up. And, and when you least expect it, you know, God, once we closed that door and didn't stay mentally or emotionally where we left physically, mm-hmm. then we were able to be open to some, God doing something new in our life. And God opened up all kinds of doors after that. And but it's, you know, some of your listeners might be saying right now, well, I don't understand why this happened. I can't figure out why God let this happen to me. Sometimes you know, we just got to let it go because those thoughts can torment us and they can keep us stuck in a moment and we don't go on living the life that God's designed us to live. So, you know, you just got to sometimes just say, okay, do that frozen song, let it go, let it go, let it go and, and keep moving forward because I can guarantee you this. Just because something happened in the past doesn't mean that God still doesn't have a plan and purpose for our life. So you got to quit looking back and keep going forward. So I'm very grateful that although I don't understand it, that God had something else in store. Did your life or more or less, how did your life get better after that whole experience happened? Well, it got better because I realized, um, you know, I, I prayed this prayer. I said, God, I uh, I don't know what to do now. You know, I don't I don't know. I was traveling and speaking some, and I said, open. I just prayed, God, I thank you that you're opening new doors. <laughs> you got to be careful what you pray, because <laughs> I had this opportunity out of the blue. Somebody reached out to me on Twitter, um, and and anyway, we connected by phone, and they want they had a motivational success seminar that traveled all over the country. They said we want you to come be a part and do a 25 minute inspirational speech. Uh, in the middle of all this business stuff going on. And I'm telling you inside, I was like, yes, this is amazing. This is great. But my mind was saying, you can't do this. You're a preacher girl. Your audiences are church. You know, your audience, April, don't even think about it. Blah, 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 blah. So they finished the, the spill to me. And I promise you, I intended to say no, but my mouth said yes. And I thought I couldn't talk anymore. They were so excited. I was going to try it out. My my first thing in two weeks and my first meeting in two weeks. And 
I hung up the phone and I thought, what did I, I mean, fear gripped my heart. And I thought, what in the world did I just get myself into? And I thought I can do this. You know, I can't do a message, but I can do an inspirational. I can bring hope. Everybody needs hope. So I put pen to paper. And as I was putting pen to paper, I was reminded, it's kind of like my mind rewound it, rewound, and it was reminded of that prayer. I'm sorry for that sunlight. God, take me to new places. God, open new doors for me. That's why I said, be careful what you pray, because <laughs> God just might answer it. But, you know, that door was opened. I tried it out. I absolutely loved it. And for the next 10 months, we went to 50 plus cities and states all over had the time of my life. And so that that whole experience of something ending in my life, I don't think all this would have happened. And it grew me. It challenged me. It caused me to want to grow every single day. So something good really can come out of something bad. That sunlight, by the way, uh, I was I was feeling bad for you because it's like piercing in your eyes. But no, thank you so much for sharing that. That story. I mean, it is very, very powerful for me because I've been in those moments where the challenges feel like they're insurmountable. They feel yeah. like they're never going to end. But then my life did get better as a result of those mm-hmm. challenges. I became who I am really today yeah. as a result. And that's what not a lot of people think. If if they do end up going through a challenge, they allow mm-hmm. the challenge uh, or they start serving the challenge, I say, instead of we we should allow the challenge to serve us instead yeah. because that's what it's really there for. Um, but yeah, we give up so much of our energy and, and emotion mm-hmm. on the challenge and that keeps us stuck. It yeah. makes us feel deflated. We end up getting depressed sometimes mm-hmm. and all, all, all these negative things can happen as a result. Right. But the challenge was there to increase us. <laughs> to yeah, make it exactly. better. Life would be so boring if we didn't go through any of these experiences, right? Yeah. I mean, they're hard in the moment, but they're needful. I honestly believe that. So thank you so much for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Um, April, I am mindful of your time, so I do want to be respectful of it. I have two final questions for you, okay. if that's okay. But yeah. before I ask them, where where can people get a copy of your book and where can people connect with you? Um, you can get a copy of my book anywhere books are sold. Amazon sells it as well. And you can get a hold of me at aprilsimons.com or... Uh, I think on Instagram, I'm April O. Simons with one M and that's where I am. I'll make sure everyone knows where to get the book and where okay. to connect with you too. But Great. what do you love the most about yourself and your story? I think that, oh, that's a good question. I think that I love that I can rise above situations and they don't, this wasn't how it always was, but they don't get me down. I've learned to find joy in the midst of the junk and just, continue to give hope as much as I can. Mm. I have a, a, so on my wall, there's the final bandana that my old dog wore. And then there's uh dog tags right there. If you can see the video, yeah. uh-huh. uh, but there's dog tags right beside it. And on the dog tags, it says never enough joy. And uh-huh. the reason why we had that was because even though she passed, there was still, it seemed like the joy was gone, but it was still there. Um, oh, yeah. And it was looking to find that joy in those terrible moments. But I thought I would share that because so <laughs> oh. um, but April, this is my final question for you. 
my all time favorite question. I ask everyone at the end of all my conversations. It's a hypothetical one, but I want you to imagine with me for a moment that you've been able to reach the age of 100. All your friends and your family have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how in the world they got it all. We'll call it magic for sake of argument. <laughs> yeah. Being able to get it and show it to you on your 100th birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? Oh, wow. That's a great question. I hope it says that I loved life and I lived it to the full and that I had a good time and that I loved people and that I loved my family and um, that I I really was a hope dealer. It's a perfect send off message. April Osteen Simons, thank you so much for today, for your energy, your light, for bringing hope. I really, really much enjoy this conversation, but thank you so much for for coming on the Storybox podcast. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. I really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story. I just want to say thank you to all of you tuning in and listening to our guests today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on all podcast platforms. It is that easy. And if you did get something from today's guest, please do share it around with your friend or family member who you feel could benefit from hearing today's story. And before you go, I greatly appreciate it if you could spend 30 seconds leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to reaching more people and building this community of the Storybox. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one you heard today. Your support is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the Storybox, I'm Jay Phantom. And don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.